Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Foots, Bants and Everything in Between podcast with me, Marcus Darwin. And me, Noah Cowan. And on today's episode, we'll be covering how the Toffees dealt a further blow to Liverpool's title-defending season. And how Jesse, Lingardinho and the Irons are strong contenders for a top-four spot. As well as how Scott Parker has turned things round for the Badgers. So get comfortable, because it's time for some more of the Foots, Bants and Everything in Between podcast. So Noah, yes, welcome mate. back. It's been a, it's we've had a couple of episodes on and off, haven't we? Yes, we have. I've been quite busy recently. Um, yeah, I thought you know, yeah, I've just been busy with school. So you know, as well, it's, school, it's nice so, to have you back. Yeah, I, I, I missed it. I have to say, I have missed it. And missed the it. best thing about welcoming you back is that I'm able to straight away banter you it's it's amazing right now living as a man united fan uh, yeah not not so much as a liverpool fan <laughs> so it's it's quite phenomenal isn't it the, it is. the contrast between you know at the beginning of the season if you told a man united fan that they'd be second in the table halfway through more than halfway more than through halfway the season through, yeah they'd break your hand off they would break your hand they off. they'd literally you. snap it off and eat it they would not believe you. <laughs> well, we're not Liverpool fans. We don't eat people. Oh, uh, what? But... Just, you know, we had we had a couple of people who who like to like to munch on people's arms, but we're not going to mention them. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, if you if you were a Liverpool fan and at the beginning of the season you you said to them, you know, your team's going to be your team's going to be sixth in the table halfway through the season. They, they wouldn't like it, would they? They would not like it at all. At, they would not like it one bit. And I'm going to say it once, I've said it once, I'm going to say it again. Liverpool, I mean, the more times I say it, the more times they're less likely to, to go and perform well. But they need to buck their ideas up. Because yeah. at the moment, they are not where they should be. No, they're not. And uh, great proof of that is the recent results, the Merseyside derby, the... Um... Everton winning. At, uh, Liverpool are at home as well. Let me put, point that out. Huh? Yeah. Everton winning the Merseyside derby. Was it the first time in 22 years, if I'm not mistaken? Everton picked I up their first correct. first win. Um, yeah, you're right. You are correct with that. First time in 22 years. Yeah. Wow. I mean, big result for Everton. Big, big result. And uh, Just... Talk us through the game. Was it because Everton won two 0 at Anfield? But was the scoreline fair to Everton, or was it? Did it not tell the full story? Um, I'm not sure. I, you know, Everton, Everton are a very, a very good side. They have load of good players in their squad in their team but I don't know Marcus I don't know I do not know well I mean I'm, I'm looking at the uh, the stats here Liverpool had 15 shots to Everton's nine they both had the same amount of shots on target Liverpool had 72% possession Everton had 28 I mean 
You think... Liverpool had 700 passes. Yeah. To Everton's 279. Now, you can say Liverpool's... Liverpool aren't doing well this season because of the amount of in defensive injuries, injuries that they, they have. have. Yeah. But they have no attacking injuries. So I don't understand why they're not scoring goals. Neither do I, Marcus, mate. Neither do I. They need to be. They've they've scored... They, the last time I saw them play and I thought they were having a huge turnaround was against Spurs when they won 3-1 when they started scoring sco- again. Yeah, they did. But then after that, they, 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 they've been nowhere. They have been nowhere. Yeah, they've been nowhere. They they need to sort it out. They yeah. need to sort it out. And you know, this is we 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 talk about how, how much of a fortress Anfield is. Liverpool have just gone and lost their four consecutive home home league game. Yep, they have. That's the only second time that's the second time in their history that they've done it. It is the second time in history they've done it. I mean And you know, last time they did it, they were also defending the Premier League title. They were, which is a huge pressure. But I mean, they've uh, considering they have not much pressure on them, they should be doing better because, as you say, they were they were they were uh, looking likely to to win the prem, and then yeah, we, uh, that's huge pressure on them because they want all the fans to be happy and you know I mean it was a bit I guess it was the middle of coronavirus and there were no fans but they wanted to show the fans that. They could actually do something positive. Exactly. So, at the beginning of the game, you know, Everton scored within three minutes. Richarlison. It was a great pass by um, who was it? James James Rodriguez. James Rodriguez. Yep. Uh, they they just cut Liverpool open. Yeah, cut them open it was right from the them. start. Richarlison picked out the bottom corner. I mean, top class goal. Top uh, top class finishing from a top top class player. So. Yeah, can't really fault them for that. It was a great goal. It was a great goal. And then nothing really happened in the game. Henderson got injured. Yeah. So that's another another injury, injury for... to, to the, added to the added to the Liverpool injury list. But a, a I mean, little bit rate, of good news. At this rate, you. they should uh, at this rate they should start a uh, a new website called theliverpoolinjuries.com because <laughs> you know it's too many. It'd be never ending. Yeah. But I think I, I, I think I uh, have read your mind, and there is big news to to Liverpool. Um, Diego Jota will return to full team training this week. Yeah. So you've read my I mind. I did read your mind. So you know it's a good it, it, for Liverpool. It could could start here with the likes of him coming back, but I don't want to jinx Maybe it. Maybe that little bit of attacking prowess that they've missed. But they have missed him, and he's been a, he. He's a top quality player, and Liverpool have missed out without him. So we don't know what they'll be. What they, we don't know what Liverpool will be like when they're back. When he's back, but hopefully they're better with him coming back. A bit more confidence, a bit more attacking threat, as you say. Yeah. Yeah. And later on in the game, Gilfie Sigerson put away a penalty. Now, Oof. the penalty. Was a weird one. Was the, a weird the one. actual the actual reason the penalty was given. So Calvert Lewin was through on goal. He shot it. Allison blundered it. He didn't. He didn't. He should have kept it really. But Allison's going through a really hard time right now. We'll cover that in a minute. Yeah. But Calvert Lewin then goes to chase the ball, and Arnold puts his head back up after being on the ground, 
Like you, as Calvert you say, Lewin's... he's trying to. He's probably on his way back up. On on his way, start to try and stand back up. So exactly. raises his head up, and what happened, Marcus? Well, Calvert Lewin just ran into the back of him at the same time as as uh, Arnold was trying to come back up to to pick himself up. Yeah. The ball was loose. Calvert-Lewin would have got there first and would have put it in the back of the net. That's the only reason why I can see that a penalty was given. That's the only possible reason that a penalty was given is because it was a clear goal-scoring opportunity. Exactly. If you look at that, I I honestly think that Calvert-Lewin would have slotted that away, I especially thought, in the form yeah, that he's in. Yeah, he, he's in top-quality form at the moment. So. And someone who's not in great form, Alisson. Alisson. Go on. As um, a Liverpool fan. As a Liverpool fan, I'd like to be seeing... Um, I'd like to see him playing better, but he's had a couple of shockers recently. Um, you know, he's a top quality goal. Well, he's a top quality goalkeeper, but he's not showing that at the moment. Um, I don't know whether he's going through a rough patch, but he he needs to. He's a top quality goalkeeper. That's why Liverpool signed him because they thought, here we are. We got we're getting a love a class goalkeeper in. Um, and at the moment, he's just not performing. So, as a Liverpool fan, I'd like to be like to see him sort of step up his game a bit. Um, but yeah. Well, let's so. not forget that in an in an earlier episode of the podcast, you did say, did that, say Allison that Allison, yeah, 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 one of the best keepers in Liverpool history, but not just that, one of the best keepers in world football. Yeah. I mean, I'd agree with my statement about being the best uh, at Liverpool because. Even with the mistakes he's that he's doing at the moment, that he's had, he's still a top quality goalkeeper. Just he has a good attitude about him as well. He's probably okay. he's got, probably got he's probably one of those. I mean, it's not showing in his performance at the moment, but well, the statement I'm about to say is not showing in his performance at the moment. But I can see he's the type of person that would be that would stay behind after a training session and just. Get like you know Saudi Amani or Sa- uh, Mo Salah to just ping balls at him, ping him in the corners, just to get his yeah. you know experience up. He's an experienced goalkeeper, but you just, I just you know the mistakes he's making at the moment are not reflecting his top quality goalkeeping. So, yeah. So in the in the last episode, I was here with Charlie. Cole. Is it Charlie? It was Charlie. It was Charlie Cole. Yeah. Um, and we were doing a Chelsea analysis, and we actually just picked up on Liverpool's form. Yeah, talking about Allison, and Charlie said something that was really interesting. He he said something along the lines. I can't remember. Spe- oh, we were discussing Allison, and we were we were just saying how. How much nonsense we think it is. How how funny we think it is that people actually say that Allison's a good goalkeeper, well, like a a world class goalkeeper. Yeah. Because when you judge goalkeepers, you judge them off, you know, um, clean sheets yeah, mainly. Clean sheets, yeah, yeah. And when you've got two of the best defenders in world football who complement each other perfectly in Van Dijk and Joe Gomez, usually in front of you, you're not going to concede that many, especially with Fabinho in the CDM position and Henderson even. Yeah. You're not going to concede that many. And obviously you got Robertson and, and Arnold as well. And Thiago. And Thiago. 
But when you're missing even those two key defenders, which are Van Dijk and Gomez, you see a, a keeper's true potential. You know, it's it's what's happened with De Gea. De Gea, um, well, not really, because De Gea's always had a struggle in defence in front of him. But De Gea's first two she- seasons at Man United, he had Vidic and Ferdinand in front of him. He did. Two of the best defenders the, ever to play ever the to game. Play the game, yeah. Then he went to Sm- Smalling and Phil Jones. And he still performed. And he performed solidly for about three years until the World Cup. The, I don't know what happened before the World Cup or uh, during the World Cup. Maybe I have no idea. <laughs> uh, since then, he hasn't been the same. No, but what yeah. I'm saying is, I, I guess we could create a saying here where you can say, put a keeper in front of, uh, behind a stallion and he'll look nice. He'll look but clean, put him behind, yeah. Put him behind some chickens it'll look messy yeah it will look messy yeah it will look messy so and you know it's because and i'm gonna use the man city liverpool man city game as a perfect example here yeah where you've got defenders passing back to allison yeah and allison panicking and giving it you know just kicking it anywhere to the opposition player to the opposition player yeah now with Van Dijk and Gomez, you wouldn't see them pass back to the keeper in that situation. No. You'd see them either boot it up or try and play it out. Exactly. But I think it's because, you know, it's a perfect example because you've got such an inexperienced defence. Defence, yeah, I was about to putting say. Putting the keeper in a situation and which, you know, somebody who's getting paid what 150k yeah. a, 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 week a week should be able to handle yeah who cares if he's a keeper he's a professional footballer in the end of the day yeah exactly and, and sorry to interrupt you marcus but had 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 virgil potentially virgil van dyke gomez and matip all, all been fully all be fully fit and all been fully fit you know this spell of bad luck for liverpool i you know it's 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 a statement issue i i i can't really back up but you know, there could be there could be different results coming out out of Liverpool, but the fact is, with the Liverpool with the with the key Liverpool back three or the key Liverpool defence be being injured, you know, I just think yeah. it's a bit of a lack of lack of experience, which is putting Allison as a goalkeeper under pressure because yeah. he ha- he does he because obviously Allison can rely on Virgil Van Dijk and, and Gomez the strong two the strong pairing. He can rely on them to put like strong defensive efforts in, but you know, with with the defense he's got at the moment, I don't know whether he can rely on them to to sort of create a create a brick wall. I so totally he, agree with you. So that he's not under pressure, but as yeah. I say, with back three they've got at the moment, he's probably under more pressure. Yeah. If you see what I mean. But. It's funny because I go back to. I look at City's team last season. You know, we're not looking at attackers, we're looking at defenders. Defense, yeah. And holding midfielders. And I'm looking at Liverpool's, right? You've got really similar situations here. How you've got. Because, let's be honest, City last year, they've only, they only had one good defenders in Laporte. Stones was, was a nobody last season. Yeah, he was. He was a nobody, yeah. He was like Man United's Phil Jones. That's how bad he was. Yeah. 
City didn't really have defenders. They had to sort of makeshift. And Fernandinho, the equivalent of Liverpool's Fabinho, had yeah. to play at centre-back. Back, yeah. The difference is Fernandinho suited that centre-back role so much more than Fabinho did. Yeah. Now, yeah. I don't think that's talent-based. I think it's because of training. And I yeah. think maybe, and I'm not sure, but this is my thought process, that Pep Guardiola has trained some of his players to play in different roles so that if they have in any injury case, in case in case there is an injury yeah, then some, you don't have a problem yeah, in trying yeah. to get used to the position exactly you know i see if if sterling gets injured for man city foden goes into that role or even um even, de bruyne can play that role even, Je- even stones can play that role mate <laughs> <laughs> no i'm being silly but yeah i mean man city have people to cover those positions whereas yeah, Liverpool. I think had they maybe put into putting a bit more effort or putting a bit more of a shift, then they probably could train players to fit into those positions. Because exactly. at the moment, Klopp is just making the like. Let's say now, obviously Henderson's injured, but he wasn't a trained centre back. He was a trained, you know, centre midfielder, calm, composed on the ball, putting people through. Yeah. But hold on, he's not putting people through anymore. Anymore. Defending, he's he's protecting Allison, Becker. Yeah. So he's like, oh oh shit! Well, I'm now in the back three, and I'm now not turning defense into attack quickly. I'm not going on counter attacks. I'm sticking under in my defensive role, and he doesn't want to do that. Like, yes, Klopp wants him to do that. He doesn't want. I'm guessing Henderson won't want to do that. He'd rather be turning defense into attack. Putting threats into into the putting uh, putting the up through uh, the front three through, yeah. Instead of sitting at the back the whole time, because yeah, you know he's not going to want to do that, is he? You've hit the nail on the coffin there. Yeah. And unfortunately for Liverpool fans, this game uh, means that they've only won one in their past five, five league games. games. Yeah. And puts them in sixth place um, on the same amount of points as seventh place, which is Everton. Everton have a game in hand. They do. But so do the, the, the three teams that are close to Liverpool all have a game in hand on them. They or do. even two. So Everton has a game in hand on them. So they can go three points clear of Liverpool if they win that game in hand, which is actually against Man City. Yeah. Get, oh, no, it's not. I don't think it is anymore. Never mind. Uh, I think it will be against Aston Villa. Uh, uh, they've got, Aston Sa- Villa no, they've got, got Southampton on the 1st of March. It might be Southampton then. Yeah. But Aston Villa have got two games in hand they on do. Liverpool and they're only four points four behind. Four points behind, yeah. So if my math's not crap, they can go two points ahead? They can. Uh, 36. They can go two... Yeah. They can go they two can points go t- clear, yeah. Two points clear of Liverpool... And then you've got Spurs who have a game in hand, who are uh, four, four points, points behind, so behind. they can go only to close the gap to one point behind. Yeah. So all of a sudden, seriously, we're looking at Liverpool going eighth. Yeah, which is 
Not a sign you want to be seeing as a Liverpool fan. It's not a sign. And I do not want to see that from them. So I pray you, Klopp, and I pray pray you front three, Saudi Mane, Mo Salah and Firmino, to, you know, I pray that you just yeah. sort yourselves out. On this topic quickly, Marcus, can I just add in what I told you before we recorded, which was me as a Liverpool fan, I'm seeing Firmino leave the club at the end of this season because he he's not been performing um, as well as no, he should he be for Liverpool. I'm 100% seeing him leaving at the end of this okay. at the end of this season because interesting. But quick fire question for you: Who's going to replace him? Who would you want to see replace him at Liverpool? Who would I want to see him replace at Liverpool? Yeah, Haaland. Okay, Erling Haaland. Yeah, Haaland or Mbappe. Mbappe has shown interest. Haaland, on the other hand, I'm not sure about Haaland because Haaland has. There's been some talk today, some rumours, that Haaland wants a 75... Wherever he goes, he wants a £75 million contract over the five years, which is a huge amount of money. Yeah. And the club's interest... And his transfer fee would be around £100 million. Yeah. Uh, and the club's interested in him are Real Madrid... Man City, Chelsea, and Man United. Now, Chelsea, I don't think is going to be a real option because no. they've got Werner, and unless, Alex. which I think would be a good option, is to play Werner out onto the left wing. Yeah. And play Haaland up front, but then you've got the thing of okay, you've got Ziyech who plays on the right on the on the on the right wing. You've got Pulisic, who plays on the left wing. Which one do you drop? You've got that squad depth, but having squad depth with good players yeah, and having you also squad have... depth with, with, with players who want to play first-team football is different. You know, imagine having De, it's Bruno Fernandes and De Bruyne sitting on your bench, yeah. for example. Yeah. They're, they're not players who are like, oh, yeah, this is squad depth. This is amazing. This is, this is like, no. You've, you're letting rot. You're letting talent rot on the bench. Yeah. Man United and Van der Beek, for example. Yeah, yeah. Um, just to interrupt you quickly. Um, we're, we're talking about Chelsea, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. So you're also forgetting the likes of you know Tammy Abraham, who's put in a shift to be to be in that sort of first team, who's who's sort of put in an effort to be in that first team. He's going to be upset if he if. If for some reason he he just you know he's sitting on the bench and he's not coming on till the seventy fifth minute, he's not gonna want that because he's a player he's been putting in the shift. Yeah. Talent, he's got good talent in him, and he's you know he's a really good public figure as well. So you know you're not gonna want to see he's not gonna want to see himself being sat on the blue chairs in the on the uh, in in the seventy fifth minute, going on only in the seventy fifth minute to play for yeah. what fifteen minutes, twenty minutes. He's not going to want to do that. Point. He won't. So, so probable outcome for Haaland, I think it will be Manchester City. I can see him moving to Manchester City. Yeah. His dad used to play for Man City. Yeah. I see him playing for Man City. Aguero, um, 
So, well, he's not signing a new contract on Man City. Man City don't want don't want to sign uh, don't want to hold talks with him. Uh, Man City desperately need the striker. If Pep Guardiola stays another season, I don't know if he will because of the fact that I know he's just signed a new contract, but I've always had the feeling that he's only here until he wins the Champions League. Yeah. And then he's going to leave and go to the next challenge. And his next challenge will be in international football, like a World Cup. Yeah. Uh, and you can't join a, uh, a team one year before a World Cup and expect to get your full uh, like philosophy into the team. No. With, this, with the little amount of games you're getting. So you want to like, you know, after the Euros would be a great chance to take over. I think he would take over Spain, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And well, that's the only team he would internationally manage. Yeah. Because who wants who wants to lead a different team to a World Cup? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So moving on to whilst we're talking about Pep and Man City, uh, Pep had an assistant manager. He did. Who fled to? I mean, we can't classify them as big big six club anymore think Leicester's kicked them out but if you haven't guessed who we're talking about already it is Arsenal and it is Mikel Mikel Arteta so this weekend we saw Master versus Apprentice we did Pep versus Mikel so City Arsenal it was the most boring game of football I have watched. Yeah, yeah. And I'm a Man United fan. I've seen plenty of boring games. You have, you have. Well, I mean, you're sixth, so you can't say anything, but... No. But this was so dull, and the only goal came in the second minute. And it was Raheem Sterling to score. Yeah, yep. And you know how he scored? Don't know, mate. I didn't watch the game. He scored from a header. Raheem Sterling, five foot seven, scoring, scoring from, from a, a header. header. Yeah, you don't see that from him, do you? You don't. And you know it was it was crazy defending from holding. It was. He, the ball came. The ball came into the box uh, from Mares. Yeah. And Rob Holding looks over his shoulder, sees Sterling behind <laughs> him, and he goes, oh, I'm not even going to be... Yeah, he, yeah he, he goes, I'm not even going to bo- uh, bother jumping for this because Sterling's he's not going to reach it. He's five foot seven, no chance of he reaching that. And boom, he's reached it and it's in the net. But I can tell you, from, yeah, I can tell you from a small... Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm small myself, that we can jump quite high. Yeah, exactly. He's obviously, looking at a picture of him, he's obviously been working on his quadricep muscles because they are big. (laughs) I mean, they're not Grealish big, but they're big. Yeah, they are big. For for, for someone of his calibre and for someone of his size, they are big. So, yes, I can see why he managed to get up that high. Yeah. But holding, I Uh, mean, that's shocking defence. Yeah. Shocking. It, it, It really was. And this is, uh, this was... Arsenal's um, eight consecutive defeat yep. against Manchester City in the in the league. 
Uh, that's the longest run of consecutive league defeats against an opponent. Uh, and that was that, that that again. That stat was against. Um, well, this is Arsenal's longest longest consecutive run. Yeah, it of is defeats against one opponent, and the other one was uh, Leeds United. Yeah. And Pep Guardiola's philosophy. We were talking about it before. You know, Man City have now equaled the record for consecutive away wins by an English top flight team across all competitions. Eleven. Which was previously set by Pep Guardiola's side between May and November of 2017. So Pep Guardiola has gone out and beaten a record that Pep Guardiola set set with the same team. Yeah, yeah. Um, The most unfortunate thing that that, uh, came across this this game Game. was that Foden. I didn't see Foden at all. And I love watching Foden play. You know, you can see Man City, you know... He he's a talented footballer as I go on about um, on the daily. He's a ta- very talented footballer, but he was clearly yeah. he was clearly uh, still on the coach on the bus um, with his headphones he on, as you say. I didn't watch the game, but from what I'm hearing, he was on the bus and didn't want to get off the bus because uh, he had some obviously obviously had some good music on going on it going in. Well, I don't think that I think he wanted to get off the bus. I don't think Pep let him get off no, the bus. No, actually yeah, you're right with that. Um yeah. He he's obviously he's he probably had his seatbelt off the whole way, ready to go. But as <laughs> yeah. you say, Pep uh, wasn't gonna let him and he he just, you know So I like speaking about buses. Do you like speaking about buses? Uh, don't mind it, mate. But you know, no, well, don't mind it. You know, there's there's um there's quite an art in football to do with buses. It's called parking the bus. Park the bus. You ever heard of it? Have I had a park the bus? I've always heard of mate. It's you. They used to be my FIFA tactic. <laughs> well. The, the man, the myth, the legend who came up with parking the bus. None other than young. Three. Three. Respect. Respect, respect man. man. Three, three titles. Respect. One more than all of the others. Three titles. Respect. Jose Mourinho. Yeah. He's managing Tottenham. I can't. Well, is he managing them? It just looks like he's a Zuki. Yeah, exactly. Right now, the way that they're playing. Exactly. He, you know, sometimes you see him. Be, he's just sitting on his on his chair, on his seat at the Tottenham Stadium, and then sometimes you see him racing down the uh, the sideline, just you know, I know, coming coming off and on his chair. You know, it's. Have you seen that clip before of when Tottenham were playing City last year, and Sterling made a challenge, and he was already on a yellow, and Jose didn't know until his assistant manager told him. And Jose like ran up to the ref <laughs> full speed. He no, was I like, hey, one on the yellow, one on red, one on red. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen it, but it's, it's, it seems funny because I can it just is. imagine. I can imagine him doing that. So, you know, I, I'm being a bit too harsh on Tottenham here. They went to the. West Ham Stadium. They did. I'm not sure what it's called nowadays. I was about to say I'm pretty Upton sure Park, the... but it's not Upton Park. It's the Tottenham Stadium. Is cool. no, it's not Tottenham. It's West Ham's. I Sorry, think it's West just Ham called Stadium. the Olympic Stadium. You might be right. Uh, uh, 
uh, let's not the drag London on Stadium. about it. The, the London, London Stadium. Stadium. Right. London Stadium. So, Tottenham travelled to the London Stadium. Yes, they went on their bus. You are correct. But yep. they didn't bring that bus onto the pitch. They didn't. So, fifth, mi- fifth minute, Mikel Antonio, who, by the way, has been exceptional for, As- for West Ham this season. Yeah. He's been insane. He has. He took Twan away. And then two minutes after the second half, Mr. Lingardino. Oh, he's in the form he's, of his life no, at the I moment. I mean, where, where, where was this when he was playing for Man United? Yeah, exactly. you know? we're, we're, we're seeing 2017 Lingard back. He's, he's talent. He is talent. At the moment, he's um, on in the four. I'd say... I mean, you may, I may be wrong, and you've probably seen him play at Man United better, but he's in the form of his life at the moment. Um, yeah, he's definitely equaling where he where his best was. Yeah. The sad thing is that I don't think he'd be able to do it at Man United. I feel yeah, like I the mean, West Ham. I would have said. Uh, I would have said, as you say, maybe a bit too much pressure at Man United for him yeah. to do this magic. But as you say, at a club like West Ham. Mate, he's got no pressure at all, and he's he's loving it. Exactly. He's loving it. He's loving life, and he put a tw- uh, Instagram uh, story out today or a post, and the caption underneath was, um, "Worry about who you're becoming because that's far better than who you were." Yeah, I mean, I rate that from him. I feel he's hinting at the fact that forget about what happened at Man United. Look how good life is at West Ham. Yeah, yeah. Ole Gunnar Schultz guys said that Lingard won't be going anywhere. He'll be coming back after his loan spell and staying at Man United because we need him. Yeah. Man United played Newcastle yesterday. They won 3-1. And a 17-year-old, Schuller Shortire. Yeah. Shortire, I think his name is. Um... Made his debut, seventeen year old. You know, I'm seventeen, and I'm here just talking about him. Yeah, I mean, look podcast. at that. I mean, you know, as a seventeen year old. I know. How big and is he... that for him? I mean, bloody hell. That is massive. And he plays in the same position as Lingard. So you, know, you got a seventeen year old. Uh, you got Dan James all of a sudden. Performing. I mean, sorry, Marcus. Sorry to interrupt you. 17-year-old, yours and my brother's <laughs> age, playing in the yeah, Man United yeah. first team. I know. He's, I, I, you know, I'm speechless. I, I didn't realise, but I am I am speechless. Uh, don't ask me anything about him because I am speechless. A 17-year-old, <laughs> football as well, it's like a lot harder to get to get con- like contracts. Yeah. They're like a lot, way harder than rugby. Oh, yeah. He's playing first team at 17. How? This guy must be (laughs) talented. Yeah. Um, He is. is, He tears it up. The under-23s is too easy for him, so he is coming into the first team. Um, And going back to the Lingard thing, I feel like Lingard should push for a move. And as much as I know that Man United is in his blood and he's in... And I and I and I know I'm factual when I say this. He's in every Man United, uh, Man United fans, like blood. Blood, yeah. Because he's one of our own. 
yeah. I feel like he he should push for a move, and I think we should allow it. What's best for him? Yeah. So yeah. Lucas Moura scored in the sixty fourth minute, and the end result was two one to West Ham. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, West you know. Ham had four shots. The game, four shots and four on target. Yeah. Tottenham had twenty shots. Yeah, they did. But only four on target. Yeah. You know that's that's basically what's happening at Liverpool right now. It is. It is. It is. Um, it is what's so, happening at Liverpool right now. So you know. Yeah, West Ham boss David Moyes. David Moyes. Um, my mum's actually got a clip of me saying when I was uh, when when Moyes was in charge of Man United of me going. David Moyes is the worst David in the history of David. <laughs> Funny. Yeah, he was he was awful when he was at Man United. And he earned his first ever win against Jose Mourinho. He did. And that's um and very that good win it is. And that win actually puts West Ham in fourth place in oh, a Champions, Champions League, League spot. spot. I mean how good would that be for them? That would be. Do you think they're going to get Champions League or do you think Europa for them? If they keep playing how they are now, Champions League. But if, if they if they sort of lose it now, uh, I'm going to say Europa League because, you know, 100% they're going to they're qualify for Europa League. It's just whether yeah. they're going to qualify for, for Champions League. Yeah, exactly. And Paul Merson, uh, I don't know if you know him, he's a Sky Sports football pundit. I don't. Yeah, he's just made his top four predictions that I was quite intrigued to look at before we came on the show. He predicted Man City first, Man United second, Leicester City third, and Liverpool fourth. Oof. Oh, so he but, he's seeing something then. He's seeing something well, that yeah. he's seeing something that not many Liverpans Liverpool live Liverpans Liverpool. Liverpool <laughs> he's seeing something that not many Liverpool fans will see will be seeing at the moment. And well, I rate that from him because he clearly sees something, and he does. But also at the same time, I feel like he's uh, asking too much. You and I can also yeah. be pundits. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you know, it, the job isn't that hard. You analyze, you analyze a uh, a white ball going across a green pitch. Yeah, with two goals at the end <laughs> of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, there's another thing I want to talk about. Yep. And that is because, you know, we just talked about the Newcastle, the Man United-Newcastle game. Yeah, And how exactly. Man United won. Um, just a quick update on that game. Man United, yep. uh, they they didn't play well at all. No, they you know, didn't. I was they sitting didn't. there the whole time. I, I was so frustrated. <laughs> we kept on giving the ball away and everything. Yeah. And we've come out winning 3-1. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know. That's the type of season... That we're having. And I feel like, you know, look, we're in this position now. We've won the game with 3-1. Shotscore is now saying we, we can go and catch City. We should be trying to catch City up. But when, before, when we were first and we were we were quite, you know, we were fighting with City over first, he said, we're not challenging for titles. Yeah. Yeah. After he said that, we went on and drew two games. You know, we threw away the Everton one. And uh, we drew in the West Brom one. Yeah. So, you could ask the question, and I don't think, no one will have an answer for this, but 
it's whether if he just said we're going for the title, whether those results would have been different because the players would have had a belief that they can actually go and beat yeah. one of the best teams yeah. in Europe yeah. in Manchester City. Yeah. To the title, uh, and yeah, hundred percent. Like I agree with you there. Had the had the had the players known before, had the yeah. parents sort of realised before, they may have actually wanted it a bit more. Exactly. So, but Man United aren't the team I really want to talk about because we can talk about them anytime. Yeah. The team that I want to talk about is Newcastle. Ooh, I thought, and yeah. this defeat has put them in a really really uh, edgy, quite awkward edgy, position. Edgy, awkward position. Edgy, yeah. edgy position for them because they're sitting in 17th. They are sitting in 17th. One place above the relegation zone. Yeah. Fulham, before this game, beat relegation rival Sheffield United 1-0. Yeah, they did. And now, because of this Newcastle defeat, only three points away from Newcastle. I, I've said it since the beginning. Fulham are going to stay up. I, I thought at the beginning it was going to be Brighton going down. I don't see Brighton going. I don't see Brighton anywhere but, near going down. But it could... It, you know, I see Fulham staying up and I see Newcastle going, going down. Newcastle or Brighton going I'm down. Sp- I've always backed them. I'm staying with uh, Brighton staying up because they've been in decent form at the moment. Like, we've already... You know, Finn will, Finn will agree with me. Um, who... If you don't know, um, we had as our first ever guest on the show. Um, he was on episode two. If you haven't had a listen, he was, go and have um, a listen. I, he would agree with me. I don't see Brighton going down with the form they're in at the moment. With you know the likes of Lewis Dunk, you know yeah. he's unbelievable. Uh, I think he deserves to be in the Euro squad. Euro squad, yeah. And as we're as so we're talking solid. about this. Yeah, as we're talking about this right now, they're playing Crystal Palace. They are. It's nil-nil currently. 16th but minute in. The question Newcastle fans have got to be asking themselves is, well, really, what's going on? Because, look, uh, Callum Wilson is now injured. He is. Callum Wilson has scored 40% of all of Newcastle goals. That's more than any individual player for an individual club. It is. So, they're missing a huge player. Sam Maximan has come back in the play. He's played four of the games, so he's come back from injury. He scored against Man United, but, you know, I was watching him, and the only goal he got is because he was in the right place at the right time. You've got Joel Linton, who just walked off injured in the Man United game. Newcastle have got injury worries, and with with... The form that Scott Parker has put his badgers in, yeah. his badger army, his, his fallen army. army. Yeah. I I see them staying up. I really and do. And I can see why you think that. But if I, as we're at it now, I'm going to pick my bottom three again. I'm still going to go with Sheffield United, West Brom. And I am going to change it and I'm going to say Newcastle are going to get relegated. That would be, it would be absolutely awesome for Fulham. It would be. If they can stay up. It would be. And, you know, I used to live in Fulham, uh, in London. Um, I used to live there. And, you know, I got... I was not I was never a Fulham fan, but I got invited to those, like, weekends um, at 
like a week a weekend camp at Craven Cottage. Yeah. And you know, it'd just wow. be nice to see like a childhood club. Like yeah. I live really close to Full uh, to Craven Cottage. I'd just like to see a childhood club, you know, stay up because it'd be it'd be awesome. It would be it'd be super nice for the community because be. Their whole of the their fan base hasn't been able to go and watch them play Premier League football this season, so it would be super nice if they were able to to go and watch them next season. So that's everything for today's episode, guys. Um, oh Marcus, man, let me just interrupt you there. I mean, it's been awesome to be back. Sorry about um me not being on for the past few episodes. I've been very busy later, but it's really good to be back and. Can't wait for next week's episode already. So, yeah, thank you very much, guys, for listening to today's episode. And until next time, adios.